I know a colleague in the class ahead of mine, they had their get together at Professor Slattery's house. And I believe someone shined his head with a bandana at one point. He, he's bald. Like oh, a nice. cue ball okay. or a bowling ball. <laughs> Wait, where, what are we doing? Uh, we were doing a podcast. It's, <laughs> it's been a while. What's law got to do with it? A lighthearted look at life in law school. I'm Professor Richard Haig. And I'm second year law student Adam Lachance. Adam, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Uh, today we are in a different office from usual. We are downtown Toronto again on the road. Adam and I both had to get here by subway, which was not running. Yep. It helps when it runs usually. Yeah. But my experience. uh, So shuttle buses are a nightmare. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, we're here. Our guest today is Lisa Del Call. Hello, Lisa. That is correct. That is my name. So I'll just, (laughs) yes, it is. It's usually how we introduce each other on this show anyway. I like it. So uh, Lisa, first thing we always ask of our guests is tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm just a small town girl. Living in a lonely world. <laughs> okay. No, uh, I believe that's pretty much how I opened my first uh, introduction in your course, public law. Um, I had come into class late, and one of my colleagues had told me that you had mentioned I was on call for the next class. And uh, then towards the end of the class, you asked if anyone was late, and they knew they were on call, so I put my hand up. And you said, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I said that I'm a Capricorn who likes long walks on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of my typical way of introducing myself. Well, that that tells us so much (laughs) about who you are. Pretty much an indication of my personality. Yeah, so you're another guest who's been a student of mine. That's As I say, we've had this trend in the show to always have guests, seems like, who are former students. But no, Mm -hmm. so yes. You were a student of mine, public yeah. law. That should that may signal to some people because there's no longer a public law course. You're dating me now. How, old, <laughs> how, how long ago was it? So I graduated from Osgoode in 2008, and we just recently had our 10-year reunion. Yeah, oh, it's nice. exciting. It seems like it'd be weird. <laughs> it was. It will. It'll happen, Adam. It uh, no, happen. I don't want to think. About, well, if, if you go by like this, it'll be 10 if years that's weird, then what, what about the 30th, which was mine just okay, a couple let's years not, ago? Let's not talk yeah. about that. <laughs> This is supposed to be a happy podcast. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> Lisa brought us down by <laughs> Anyway, so uh, we always ask our guests uh, to give us a little movie or TV show that you is your favorite law-related movie or TV show. Uh, hands you? down, and I know my colleague Pia would agree with me, uh, Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons is definitely my favorite legal character. And I think he encapsulates my personality as well. The state bar forbids me from promising you a big cash settlement. But just between you and me, I promise you a big cash settlement. My fee is 50%. Oh, uh, oh. great trial lawyer. <laughs> exactly. Is Considering there a, is I'm there, not practicing, is there a I'm pretty sure I would have the, the, same, the same mannerisms yeah. as Lionel Watson Court. Is there a classic scene that you could even uh, point to from The Simpsons? Well, the quote you? that I probably refer to the most often is... Uh, Works on contingency? No, money down. 
<laughs> you can't get it without the context of the car. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. The get Simpsons it. are going to like pay for their legal fees, and they thought it was a contingency plan. They show Lionel Hutz his card that says "works on contingency, no money down," and then he's like, "Oh no, there's some punctuation missing here." So he puts, "Works on contingency." No, exclamation mark. <laughs> Money down, exclamation mark. Oops, shouldn't have this bar association logo here either. So I think that's uh, ah, probably the one that I referenced most. That's a teaching moment, though. <laughs> <laughs> I try to tell students that in law, everything's important. Punctuation can be very important. Yeah. Uh, anyway. anyway. On the news, there's an Oxford comma. It made a huge splash. Millions of dollars in, in liability just because yeah. the comma was in the wrong place. Right? <laughs> English matters. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No pressure so, for your papers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why do we have Lisa here? Let's ask that. I mean, great question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you I, know? Why I have the here? same question. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, first of all, we I should say we are downtown because Lisa is yeah ten years out. She's not going to come up to Osgood to for the podcast the subway is an enticing option yeah nowadays. it's so much better i did not now, have but, the subway so um, yeah it's nice the old 196 rocket yeah the subway is great adam's never experienced the rocket 196 rocket count yourself very very lucky there will never be another generation of lawyers coming out of osgood who experienced that probably that's a 197 rocket yeah oh yeah you've heard of the good it, days right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard that we're not even getting the same education anymore. Well, I think because of the subway. I used to do lectures on it. <laughs> That's what I heard. It took long enough that you probably could fit a lecture in there. <laughs> but here's a question. Just Three hour night. Sort of a, unre- a bit related. How many, have you ever had lectures in university where the prof took you outside? Yes. And those yes. were like the most exciting days. Were they, were it was they like law high school, school or was it not law school for you, Lisa? Was it undergrad? I think it was undergrad for me. Adam? I had a law school class where we did it, ethical lawyering. We went out and we sat in a circle to talk about treaty territories. But I have really bad allergies at that time of year specifically. <laughs> Just like for a month or two, it's bad. Yeah. So we went and we sat amongst the ragweed. Uh, and I remember just being like, if I don't touch my face, it probably won't leak. Uh, it was... That's my memory of it. Oh. I didn't really get any learning. So it wasn't a beautiful experience for you? I felt like it was a great idea. For but me, my time when I actually had a class outside, and Lisa, it sounds like as well, were both fantastic. There was something about sitting outside and learning that's different. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I'm it's not. a swelling in my sinuses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I know, that's too bad. Because I do like being outside. That's the problem. Yeah. It feels a little bit like recess. Yeah, maybe. Going maybe. Nutrition break. I remember uh, there was a colleague of mine that liked to try and as many classes in September as possible outside in, in at Osgood. Yeah, no one thinks about many these to, people to do that. like myself. Exactly. Who can't breathe the air. I thought the I thought that season is springtime, not fall. I don't even know. I don't know either. So never really happened when we were growing up in Timmins because recess was cold all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite story to tell about uh, recess in Timmins during the winter was that. It was back in the 80s, so they didn't have indoor recess. They didn't care. They just sent the kids out. Same with me. I had the same experience. Me and my friends would go outside and just dig holes in snowbanks and lie in them to get out of the wind. Well, that sounds like fun. You'd go back at lunch and someone would be in your hole and you're like, no, I dug that. Get out of there. I dug that personally. And then it's kind of like a a Darwinism test because... The smart kids are all digging holes and lying in them, and the dumb kids are standing in the sheer wind. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I just had this conversation with friends. They were talking about how uh, 
you know, it, it can't be that cold because I'm from uh, Northern Ontario, uh, like Espanola. Yep. And, and then I was like, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, I do remember us huddled like penguins behind like the only windshield yeah. at recess time. And they'd make us go out there and we'd spend the whole time standing in there, like, <laughs> like talking penguins. to each other. <laughs> All facing freezing. the same way. And I'm like, did you guys not experience that? And they're like, no, <laughs> we never did that. I think that would be a signal to the teachers. Like maybe it's a little too cold. <laughs> Well, be thankful that we do not at Osgood force you to sit, stand outside in the, in the class breaks. I might try that next year. <laughs> so, but we, why do we have Lisa here? Well, one of the reasons, other than the fact that I taught her and she's a great person, is that uh, you had a really interesting kind of career path. And one of the things you've done at Osgood, well, like was U of T mainly, I guess, is, was the Indigenous coordinator for the law students there. So I thought we could just chat a little bit about that. Cool. Tell us, tell us a bit about that. Sure. Um, so I initially went to law school because I had an English degree and it was either law school or teacher's college. So I was one of those kids. Mm -hmm. um, and going throughout my entire education, I wasn't sure that practice was for me. Um, and obviously that's uh, one of the main things. And back when I was going anyway, that was uh, emphasized as your option when you're done school. Um, so I went and took that path. I summered and articled, and then uh, I got called at the economic downturn. So had a little bit of a break <laughs> after articling. Well, that's relevant just, to the situation yeah, right now, too. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have the work to hire me back. So uh, I took a little bit of a break, did some contract work, and then when I, I, I found a job, um, I realized I was doing a little bit of everything. So family, real estate, corporate, litigation, everything that you could do. Um, and it wasn't bringing me passion. And actually, if I think back to the time that um, the decisions about hire back were made, my principal at the law firm was like, you know, I don't see you doing solicitor work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't see myself doing that either because that's like all the corporate stuff. It's not for me. And he's like, I don't really see you doing the barrister stuff either. And I was like, those are the things. <laughs> that's the kind of the <laughs> dualism of law. The that's two it. things. And you just told me you can't see me doing either of them. So I actually got mad at him. Um, and then nine months into practice, I was like, this is not for me. That principle was, was right. right. Shit, yeah. yeah. Um, and I realized when I was at Osgood that my involvement with student groups and working with my peers on a common goal, whether that be, I was the president of the Entertainment Law Association thinking I want to do entertainment law. Turns out it's all just contracts. Um, <laughs> Sounds I was cool. on the Osgood Indigenous Students Association. Just working together with my peers was what um, ignited passion in me. Mm -hmm. And so I applied to be the Aboriginal, what was then called the Aboriginal Law Program Coordinator at U of T Law um, and got that role. Um, and... Worked there for about five years, and I did a stint at Osgood uh, covering the mat leave uh, for the Experience Education and Career Development Office. And just working with students was really uh, igniting my passion, and uh, it eventually led me to where I am now. That's great. So, yeah, and that was a, that was a created position at U of T, wasn't it? Yeah, you it was the brand first. new. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it was nice being able to work with the, the faculty and the administration on building that program up and just working directly with the Indigenous students and supporting them and the indigenous applicants to to the law school, getting to work with them as well. And we set up a mentorship program where uh, indigenous law students at U of T would mentor undergraduate law, uh, indigenous mm. students at U of T who are interested in getting into, into law, law school. school. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. So uh, here's the, I don't want to put you on the spot, but have you ever followed the paths of some of those students at U of T? Do you know where they are now? 
because it's a, it's been quite a few years. I yeah. Think. Well, the the students that were at U of T Law when I was there, uh, I still keep in contact with a lot of them actually, and one of them is in that role at oh. U of T now, which <laughs> oh, is nice. funny. Uh, her name's Amanda Carling, and she uh, she and I met on my first day uh, in that role, and uh, we became very close. And we had joked at one point that eventually her career goal was to have my job oh. and then I could be assistant dean and we work together. <laughs> oh. I didn't get the assistant deanship, but, but she got I think that. they're in good hands <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. with Alexis. Oh, no, uh, but uh, yeah, she, she eventually landed in the role, so it's kind of interesting how that worked out. That's great. Mm-hmm. Adam, you've been noticeably quiet. Today. I got a buzz in my left <laughs> ear for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Is it the rag? Am I having a stroke? Did you guys let me know if I have a stroke or anything? No, okay, we will. I'm, I'm not, I got my eyes on. Do you have your eyes on? Yeah, I've been watching. Thing I just got stroke? my CPR certification. So oh, oh perfect. Yeah, we perfect. can talk about that as well. <laughs> so, uh, oh, oh, can, can I ask? Do you, know, do you know the demographics for U of T? Like how many Aboriginal students there are? When I was there, we had the third highest population of Indigenous students in Canada. Um, okay. So UBC was first, USASC was second, and we were third. I can't remember what the numbers were off the top of my back, off the top of my head, but they weren't high. Like they were. I think we had twelve or fifteen students across three, three, years, three years, which is really indicative high. of. It's low, but it's as you say, it's high in comparison, but it's still pretty low. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't. Do we know the, I don't know the numbers at all as good no. currently, but again, it's, it's probably not very high. It's, it may be double digits, just barely. Yeah. I should have. So it makes sense that there's a peer support network because that seems like a low number. It could be higher. <laughs> <laughs> of course it could be. So, but yes, in the, uh, I think other, other law schools now have a similar position. Yeah. Right? That, yeah, again, U of T kind of was a trailblazer. I hate to say that. U of T was a trailblazer. In the, in that, yeah, know. when I was at U of T. <laughs> Except maybe U of USASC. Yeah, they, uh, when I was there, they had, I believe, USASC, Al- uh, Alberta, I guess. Yeah, University of Alberta, uh, UBC, and UVic all had people. Um, now, there's a lot more people across the board who... We have Thunder Bay too. I'm sh- I hope that they have a yes, big population. Do. Yeah, I'm yes. sure they do. His so, name's Ron. Alaskan. He's very nice. Yeah. And now, isn't there a program at UVic? Do you know this? Do you keep on top of this? You can get a lo- a degree in Indigenous law. Yeah, I heard about a, this. That's your JD now, right? Is that yes. right? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a joint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get both. Yeah. yeah you yeah. get yeah. both your JD and your. So it's like a it's cool. double degree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to see how that goes. I know it's in early days. Yeah, I don't think it's going to graduate yet. Right. But it could be good to have some people that have that background because if those are you get those people intervening on big cases in the future that have you know the the credence of these schools yeah. and you, you and can actually get that law injected into because that's the problem with the supreme court cases often i find around the aboriginal laws it's like it's they they make steps and everyone gives them the thumbs up for being super liberal but it's all under the basis of our system of law that doesn't actually follow at all <laughs> well, and, and yeah, again, I'm I'm going to say this without knowing that I'm 100% accurate, but I think, you know, most of the big indigenous law cases in the earlier days were the council was often Bay Street lawyers from mm-hmm. Toronto yeah. who were not indigenous. But I think now there is a growing indigenous bar yeah. uh, who are indigenous themselves. And so they, I think you're right, that's going to just continue to expand. And Yeah, definitely. Be good. I think that was the goal of, of these types of programs where they have someone who's dedicated to increasing the access and retention for Indigenous learners. So I think, 
I'm hoping that that has a bigger impact on on the bar because right now we're not reflecting the actual demographics of of Canadian society right at the bar. So that's uh, definitely something to strive for. Well, and then of course that falls all the way through to the profession, right up judges mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Yeah. So one of the one of the things this podcast is about is to try to help demystify a bit of law school experience for first years particularly and prospective law students and one of the things lisa you and i talked about before the (laughs) show was you uh how do i put this delicately you were you were a very shy student yes and so shy that you hated podcasts hated podcasting (laughs) (laughs) hated to talk in class even when there was a requirement to talk in class as Mm -hmm. in a seminar class of 20 people and all your peers and everybody else wanted to had to speak and you were so yeah i want you to take yourself back to that time and then try and give some advice to prospective law students about how to deal with that because it was it was a fear right can we be definitely Um, I think my experiences were based a lot in the fact that I was a first-generation student. So I'm the first in my family to have gotten a university degree. Neither of my parents actually uh, graduated from high school, so um, I was the first to get a degree. I was the first to go to law school. Um, I was also dealing a lot with my Indigenous identity and coming to terms with that and and learning more about that because uh, when I applied to law school, I, I did apply under the Indigenous category. And one of my friends who was helping me with my applications, who is also a lawyer, uh, said, uh, check the box, but don't ever tell anyone. Mm. And I was like dealing a lot with that because there's that whole um, impression that because you're checking off this box and identifying yourself as an mm. Indigenous student, you're taking a space from someone else. And I know there's a lot of <laughs> going on in the media about like colleges and people being accepted and bribes and all that fun stuff <laughs> yeah but a legitimate the, spot that's I, somebody yeah. who's paid the bribe is yeah taking it with exactly yeah. hopefully uh, we don't do that and so yeah. i really lacked conf- confidence in law school i i felt like i was an imposter i felt mm-hmm. like i didn't belong there um and i i immediately rejected my friend's advice and i believe on the first day <laughs> you told everybody <laughs> talked about yeah. my my background because um, i met some great friends who identified the same so john davey Um, was one of my first friends at law school and he and I really uh, connected and and are still continuing to learn from each other about how we identify with our communities and how we reconnect with our communities and that's something that I've been doing a lot um, over the past 10 years is just getting to the land, getting to where uh, my grandmother's family is from and really um, connecting to those roots and really feeling that connection to my ancestors and uh, throughout law school I was just I felt like an imposter and I felt like I wasn't smart enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I would <laughs> that's rarely. Common. That's I why you like. didn't that's, want Everyone it. feels that way. So I can imagine yeah. if you have that weighing over your head, this discussion you had during applications, yeah. it would only be worse. Yeah. yeah. And so my, my technique during the mandatory particip- participation courses was to immediately put my hand up and be the first person to say something That's so I could set the bar <laughs> and low then, yeah. and then duck into the background. And I told Richard that, I believe, when I was in the class that that was my you technique. You did, you did. Did it work? It, yeah, it worked. Well, the, the seminar class was different from the first year class. So the, the seminar yeah. was an upper year class, but we had a, actually Lisa and I had a great relationship. Lisa dared me one class to say something, to, to connect a, a strange saying, I'll let you say what the saying is, a, 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 a saying that has no relevance to law. Yep. 
to somehow incorporate that in my lecture. She dared okay. me in advance. And I said, okay, I can fit that in. Did you manage it? Yeah, it was, well, I dared him to use the phrase cut of your jib somewhere. <laughs> cut of yes. your jib. <laughs> Did it just smoothly <laughs> sail? No I, one even well, noticed? You just, how, how was that as a connection? The cut of, you just used a, met, a, not, a nautical metaphor to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I did a pretty good job. I yeah. actually even wrote it on the board, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, so you, like, <laughs> I, I, gave an, I gave a hypothetical. I said, imagine if you were saying to somebody, I don't like the cut of your jib. <laughs> and then you and wrote then, it down. I wrote it down. I think you actually... If, I may be mistaken, and maybe I'm just making this up, but you put, I like the cut of Rand's jib. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, I, you remember better. I, yeah. All I know is that you, I wrote it on the board. You did incorporate it, but, yeah, but your, like, more I, naturally I actually personalized it. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. You added the legal analysis in. <laughs> so that's the kind of relationship Lisa and I had. She also, uh, she was not shy at being drunk in front of me as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not during class, obviously. No, again, not I'm, always I'm kidding. But there was one instance. <laughs> Are you in talking class? about mock trial? <laughs> mock trial. Yeah. In mock mock trial. So again, we've, we've had an episode about mock trial, but mock trial, there's parts of mock trial, which are the kind of the after party or yeah. the, where, at least in the old days, the mock trial would end and we'd all retire to the JCR. Oh, and, oh the old and JCR. <laughs> you missed out <laughs> yeah, on something they there. They now have a nice JCR yeah. with windows and light, but the old one was a... Can Seller. you still access that room? No. Yeah, yeah. You have the joy of in seeing the basement. it. It's across where the lockers are now. Oh. So there's like a sealed up room. Know. I don't even oh know what's God. They probably don't let anyone in there anymore. Now, again, they don't even our, clean my it. podcast is meant to be you know national for all of Canada, so we don't want to be too much Oz Goodian here, but uh, yeah, there was a there was an after party. After the big production yeah. and there's people a big would drink. Party. And Lisa, I got pretty drunk after. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was yes, hungover for the I podcast. I'd say it was not unusual. I I was in section B, and we were known for having a good time. Um, and mock trial was our annual time to really shine, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I remember Professor uh, Brian Slattery had come into the room, and he he is such a good man, such a nice man. So patient with his students he would actually invite his section to his house yeah he'd have a party have, at his uh, house a party at his house and people would also get drunk at that i know side this is a little bit of a sidebar but um i know a colleague in the class ahead of mine they had their get together at professor slattery's house and i believe someone shined his head with a bandana at one point he, he's bald like oh, a nice. cue ball okay. or a bowling ball <laughs> So we weren't the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you were, I just want to set the scene. Okay? I was going to say, you were told that this is what can happen. So yeah. 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 And so at mock trial, I had had a few of those cheap JCR beers in my system. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, when he came into the room, I yelled, B slats! <laughs> like it was some sort of nickname that he embraced. He had no <laughs> idea <laughs> what that was. And I, I believe we had like that kind of casual nickname when we're talking about his course saying like, oh, B yeah. slats said this in class yeah. today. Um, so <laughs> I, I had to steer face. Lisa away <laughs> so that she didn't do any further damage to her <laughs> reputation. B slats. Her stellar <laughs> reputation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what that. would you say to law students coming into law school now if they're in a either, you know, similar situation to you? indigenous or shy or both and how would you do things differently if you i think that i would just try to get rid of that imposter syndrome you you got in you deserve that spot mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that if you, if you checked a particular box 
it doesn't mean that you don't de- don't deserve to be there. And I think that you should just let yourself shine. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I I let myself shine in different ways. But uh, <laughs> would you give the same advice to a student that you're? Who was it? Your uh, a friend or your mentor? Remember the tick the box advice? Uh, I or don't tell anybody uh, yeah. that. When I was. Uh, counseling students who are coming in, who are applying to law school, I would say to apply under whatever category makes them feel com- made them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have to check that box. I know that I would often recommend people who weren't connected to their communities to not check that box because then you're not really, um, that's not a really authentic way of going about things. But uh, I think that, yeah, I, I would tell them to check whatever box makes them feel comfortable. That's good advice, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You're right. And I, yeah, and then don't let that weigh on you, because if you're in, you you got in for good reason, and there's a reason why there's boxes to be checked. Yeah, I I, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that that is the main. That's a less. I mean, it seems so straightforward and simple advice, but it's actually a very good, powerful statement. Is yeah. you are there, the the institution decided they want you. Yeah, don't think same otherwise. Right? In, there's yeah. mature students who have heard exactly the same yeah. story from. Yeah, you know they're. They're like, I don't feel like I fit in with anybody. There's all these young whippersnappers mm-hmm. running around, you know, and it, it's, it's, it mirrors the exact, it's exactly the same thing. People are like, oh, I feel like I'm only here because I work yeah. for this many you years doing whatever. That. You know, people yeah. do that. Well, it's because even the people coming right in have imposter syndrome. Yeah. So, but they just don't have any rational reason to connect it to. They're like, wait, why am I an imposter? I'm 22. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So no, that, so but that's good important. advice. And of course yeah. it's easy to say it. It's a little harder to believe in it when yeah. you're there, but Definitely. it goes away. It goes Hopefully away. Hopefully this, right? Did it go away eventually? When did it, well, imposter syndrome go away? Year. Has it gone yet? <laughs> oh my God. Still, I asked the wrong question. Oh, it's still up. I'm a woman in law. You don't. Yeah. You don't yeah, believe you should enough. be on this podcast, even? Is that is that what it comes down? Only, to? I'm only on here because I'm friends with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's not an imposter. That's no. a friend. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that the you had mentioned that the, those boxes are there for a reason, and yeah. it's so true because our profession doesn't reflect the diver- diversity of our country. And if you think about the work I'm doing now, I do justice education for Indigenous youth mm-hmm. and. The reason why we're doing it is because they account for 8% of the Canadian youth demographic, but account for 46% of prison uh, incarceration. It's ridiculous. We're trying to prevent any sort of negative interactions with the law and build relationships with legal professionals and some law students. We can reduce alienation and hopefully build a justice system that is actually reflective of society in the future. We, We need it. Our education needs it. We need it as Osgood students. Like there needs to be Aboriginal people in our classes. Yeah. Like, cause we need to learn beside Aboriginal yeah. people. Cause what are we going to do? How are we going to go serve an Aboriginal community yeah. after without any exposure to that? Yeah. That's why you're, ju- you're more important than everyone else. You should have the opposite of imposter syndrome. Cause <laughs> yeah. you, you, what is the you. opposite? In believer, <laughs> believer syndrome. Yeah. Uh, uh, any, any final words of wisdom to conclude? Oh, that's a lot of we, pressure. Well, I know you don't. No, no. We <laughs> often give the guests that opportunity, and they never mm-hmm. seem to take it. So then Adam and I have to. And try I have and to say something wise, yeah. And, and mm. Charlotte always says that you guys don't conclude your podcast very well. <laughs> so that's how. <laughs> that's part of our charm. I know our charm. Anyway, so back to you. Anything you want to say to? Me? I, I could say one thing. Okay. Which is that? So Lisa kind of alluded to this earlier. Her year was a great. Her section in her year was a fantastic section that I taught and. So much so that we still, 
Every three, four times a year, I get an email. The subject line is... Drinks with Hague. Drinks with Hague. They have, we have, we go out, we meet at a bar, about eight of us usually. And, yeah. and it's, non-alcoholic it's, beers and partners come along and I bring Charlotte and it's, so that's, cool. that tells you something about how you can stay connected. So Those clearly you're no yeah. longer an imposter, at least yeah. in my circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which reminds me, I need to send out another email for the next, yeah, it is about the time. next round. It is about yeah. time. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you very much. 